Little's first podcast. Nope. Um, <laughs> I'm not a pro just because this is my fifth podcast. I just podcast every day of the week. <laughs> and I range from many different subjects, such as mental health, true crime, and um, poetry. Now I'm doing Wiccan followings. We're going to learn about Wicca. And Luna and I also have created a secondary podcast. It's not up and running yet, but soon it It's a work in progress. Yeah, we're working on it. <laughs> that one is Luna and Siba. Wait, no, it's pushing the outer limits of Luna and Siba. We'll give you yep. more information on that later. For right now, I'm going to pass the mic to Luna and her speak to Hi, I'm Luna. Um, we're just, <laughs> this is basically a, um, learning together on Wicca podcast. Um, I've always been interested in it. I know Siba has been for a while too. So now we're finally joining forces and actually learning about it together. Um, yeah. We're new. Yeah, I'm new to this. This is scary as fuck to me, so. I've been dabbling in this since I was maybe 13, but I didn't get serious into this until maybe three or four years ago, but I'm still new to it because now I'm taking it serious. So that's why our journey, because we're both taking it serious now. Yeah. I've always known that traditional religions weren't for me, but something always drew me to Wicca and, like, the whole atmosphere around it. So I thought, might as well actually try and see so, we'll see how far I can go. You know what drew me to Wicca? Which is really weird. It, the hippies. <laughs> <laughs> because Wicca, when I think of Wicca, I think of like tree hugging. Like, mm-hmm. Wicca is such a peaceful religion. It's all about love and harming no one and loving yourself and uplifting. And it's a really beautiful religion. So I think about that. I think about the hippies. I think about how hippies don't want to hurt anyone. If anything, it's more of a togetherness. So that's what kind of drew me to look at was the fact that it was a togetherness religion. So today, guys, what we are going to do is give you some history on Luca so you will understand as we've learned the truth about how Luca began and why it is as famous as it is today and some interesting terms and facts you know Luna's gonna start us off with her portion of the history so I'll be talking about a woman named Dorothy Clutterbuck I believe she also was known as Old Dorothy Um, she has a very fascinating potential background she lived from 
1880 to 1951. She was introduced to Wicca, witchcraft, all of it, in 1939. And she um, was introduced... Can't speak. She was introduced by a man named... Gerald B. Gardner and after that things got a little weird um not much is known about her she's when she was alive she was very mysterious a lot of people didn't expect her to be this way if like she really was there's lots of speculation about her I would say that um, she reminds me of me. No one expects me to be like that. Yeah, me too. No one expects me to be into this stuff. Um, for her, um, for a long, for most of her Wiccan life, she didn't really express it much because most of the time in that most of that era it was very unheard of to be anything but a hardcore Christian kind of yeah um person and a lot of people didn't take too kindly to witchcraft up until Gerald Gardner. He was the one who like blew it up. But um Miss Old Dorothy though had some very creepy history. There was many rumors that she was made up by Gardner. And it wasn't until 30 years after she had passed that people, that another witch in the community found out that she really was a real person. But a lot of stuff, a lot of, there's a lot of questions, a lot of questions such as not really knowing if she really was a witch or if she was just kind of dabbling in it but not really serious or if she wasn't into it at all she was just assumed to be a witch because of how mysterious she was um there was rumors that her well there wasn't rumors it was true that her husband had cheated on his mentally ill poor mentally ill wife with Miss Dorothy um it was really it was, it was something but he ended up dying not too long, not too, not not many, not long later, from a car accident. So I guess I'm not laughing. karma, I'm not maybe. Laughing. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Karma. 
mystery in itself when a woman by the name of I can't find it now mm -hmm. I don't I can't find her name right now but um basically a fellow witch in the community went to what was known as one of her last like places like I guess where she was last where she was buried I'm assuming um to like basically talk to her spirit and find out if she really like basically wanted some answers but also didn't want to like dig into this woman's history and not have approval yeah. so she basically asked her for approval and there's claims that Gardner's spirit and Miss Dorothy's spirit basically gave permission to dig deeper into the history of Dorothy. Hmm. But how? Hmm. 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 The how is very interesting. The how is at the I'm assuming final resting place they her and um, the witch that was doing the research and a couple of others decided to like talk to her at this place well they apparently somehow there was a lantern involved it was further down like some ways away from them well, it shattered. The glass just broke and went everywhere. And uh, they took that as a... Oh, oh, and also before I get, get ahead of myself. They also, with that lantern breaking, they also heard the voice of the spirit of Gardner. Which is... Supposedly. Supposed. That's what... She's claiming to have happened. Um, but with those two experiences, they summed up that that was their spirits giving them permission to dig deeper into the history of these people, Miss Dorothy specifically. Um, and once she did finally dig a little deeper into the history a lot was figured out that didn't really answer any more questions. They brought more questions. Which is the interesting part. Um. So 
they end up finding her like diary her journals and diaries most of what she wrote about was a lot of poems um a lot of just random stuff and a lot of it didn't really sit well of someone who would have been a witch if that made sense it was very questionable a lot of what she had written didn't sound like a witch it sounded more like a conservative christian but um but it it brought a lot of questions my brain can't work right now um and also there is another theory that she was made up to well not made up to cover somebody but used as the face to cover for somebody else because Mr. Gardner had a supposed other priestess that wanted to stay anonymous basically didn't want to be out there because at that time it wasn't very good if they were um so they there's theories that Miss Dorothy was used as a cover-up for that actual person, um, which is quite interesting, I would say. Um, but yeah, that's the most interesting things I've found on Dorothy. A lot of it is speculation. There's not much fact on who she was, what she did, who she was before 1939. There's only very little fact. Like, there's fact of what date she was born at and where, but there's no further than that. Yeah, it's very speculated on who this woman really was. There might be a little bit more now, but when originally there was like close to nothing and it took 30 years before anybody got anything serious. Which is kind of crazy if like someone who is known so heavily in this community is so mysterious and almost non-existent it raises a lot of questions <laughs> it leads me to believe that she really was into the craft yeah. she did a damn good job hiding yeah cause that's a lot of what a lot of them had to do was to hide because it was not safe to be openly in this community which honestly in some parts of today it may not even be safe either yeah that's why um, I'm very careful on who I tell 
is it? And it's about what the green I get into um, because people are so close minded and only about themselves. So I'm very, very careful about who I love by. Um, as far as Miss Dorothy goes, I think she's covered. Uh, 
Violet Perry. Louis Bourne, Patricia Bother, and Eleanor Bell, through which the Garnerian community spread through Britain and subsequently into Australia and the United States in the late 1950s and early 1960s. And at this time, he, he um, became involved with Cecil Williamson. He also became a director of the Museum of Magic and Witchcraft on the Isle of Man. And that ran up until after he died. Garner wow. is internationally recognized as the father of Wicca among the pagan and occult communities. He is very into a lot of occult things. He's, he, he was a learner of all. He reminds me a lot of me. There was nothing that he pretty much turned down. So, the Roshikushin Order, which began in 1938, and ended in 1939, mainly like a Freemason order. Garner decided to attend one of the plays formed by the group in August of 1939. His wife was not a fan, she thought it sucked, but he didn't. So he was like, you know what? Even though you think this sucks, I'm gonna hang around. So boom, she leaves. She doesn't hang out or go around him. He decides that he is going to um, join a group that's in charge of running the theater, and that was the Restoration Order Cortona Fellowship. So he began to attend those meetings held at their local ashram. This was founded in 1920 by George Alexander Sullivan. So the fellowship had been based upon a blend of the Restoration because the and Freemasonry. Mm-hmm. So a lot went into this. And this is like where he really developed his whole liking and love and learn love for the learning. As time went by, he became crucial to or critical of many of their practices. In 1939, he actually left and joined the Folklore Society and his first contribution was um, to its journal and it appeared in June 1939 at issue. He described a box box of witchcraft relics and he believed belonged to the 17th century witch fighter General Matthew Hopkins. So then, in 1946, he would go on to become a member of the society's governing council. So, a lot of the people that were in the council were weary of his ways and thought that something was off about him, mm-hmm. and they didn't believe that he had the academic credentials to be a pot society as he was, but he was from a very wealthy yet middle class family at the same time. So he very well could have had what he said he had. Then after that, he joined the Historical Association and he was elected the co-president of the Bournemouth and Christchurch branch in June 1944. 
And then he became a vocal supporter for the construction of the local museum for the Christchurch Borough. Gardner was into a lot. He never slowed down. He was very, very deep into the cold, which is probably why a lot of people thought when you were researching on Brittany, it's probably why a lot of people thought that she was made up because he was so heavy into all of this that it really does seem like it was all him. Um, according to his account, he said that one night late in September 1939, he was taken to a large house owned by old Dorothy Clutterbuck. And she was a wealthy local woman. There he was made to strip naked and he was taken through an initiation ceremony. Halfway through the ceremony, he heard the word Wicca, which meant male, and Wicca, which meant female. And he recognized it as the old English word for witch. Of course, he was already acquainted with Margaret Murray's theory of the witch cult. So, in his own words, I then knew then that witch I had thought burnt out hundreds of years ago still survived. So basically, he said, I thought that all the Cummins were gone. I thought we tried to end it. But yet, here it is, right in front of me, and I'm being initiated into it. So, this group, as he said, was named the New Forest Coven, and he believed them to be one of the few surviving covens of the ancient pre-Christian witch cult religion. So, based on that, he got into sources like cult magic, and mainly the theories of Margaret Murray. He was into a lot of cults and a lot of different covens. He then went on um, to be part of the brick, or to form the Bricket Wood and the origins of the Garden Garnerian. And this was from 1945 to 1950, so five years of it. So throughout his time in New Forest, he regularly traveled to London. And he kept a house in Buckingham Palace Mansion until mid-1939. And he regularly visited a nudist club. <laughs> so then he moved to 47 Ridgemount Gardens, Bloomsbury, in, the late, in late 1944, early 1945. He continued to have an interest in nudism. So in 1945, he bought a pile of land and he formed a nudist colony. And that was in the Brickett Wood in Headsportshire. And then they renamed that to Five Acres. Wow. So because of that, he became one of the major shareholders of the club. And then he had the most significant power over any of the decisions made and that's even the recruitment mm. and then he took an interest in Druidary and then he joined the ancient Druid order <laughs> and he attended the annual midsummer ritual in Stonehenge he also mm. joined Folklore Society 
being elected their council in 1946, the same year the, that he gave a talk on the art of magic in Taos. Like, he was deep. Wow. <laughs> He was a. He also uh, seems like he was very busy. Very busy. Like he never slowed down, and he was quick to kick his wife out. Okay, you don't like this five-year-old. <laughs> I like this. Mm. He was so busy. Okay. Wow. So it doesn't end there. <laughs> On May Day in 1947, his friend Arnold Crawther introduced him to Alistair Crawley, and there they did ceremonies ceremonial magic and then they founded or Aleister Crowley had founded the religion of the uh, Bulimia in 1904 and shortly before his death he he um, promoted Gardner and then he issued a charter decree that Gardner could admit people into its the charter itself was written in Garter's handwriting, but only Crowley signed it. So Gardner drew up the plan, and it was mm. approved by Crowley before he died. From November 1947 to March 1948, Gardner and his wife toured the United States. They visited their relatives in Memphis, and they also visited relatives in New Orleans. And that's where Gardner hoped to learn about voodoo. Gardner also hoped that he could spread Wicca throughout the U.S. and describe his practices in a fictional form as high magic's aid. Yeah, girl. Then, in 1952, he Mm. began to correspond with a young woman named Doreen Valate. She eventually requested initiation into the craft, and though Gardner was hesitant at first, he agreed that they could meet during the winter at the home of Edith Woodford Grimes. Valente got on well with both of them, so that was fine. She did not have any objections to the ritual or to the nudity. Yeah. Hmm. So... She still became the high priestess of the coven. She she went through all that and became the high priestess and helped Gardner revise his own book of shadows. So as we can see, Gardner's theories are drawn from numerous sources, including Freemasonry, magical orders such as the Golden Dawn and fellow mm-hmm. occultists, including Alistair Crowley. He also formulated the wicked the wicked calendar of eight festivals bringing together existing festivals from different traditions so that is your history on wow draw Park, the man that never slept wow <laughs> he he seems like a v- very interesting person at the party yes my question to you alexa stop Alexa's always buttoning. She is. She wanted a piece of this conversation. (laughs) Would you participate in nude magic or sex magic? 
I don't know about that one, Chief. Um, <laughs> that one. You're not that deep in there yet. I ain't, I ain't there. I don't know if I'll get there because that's a little much for me, but. <laughs> But it's something to think about. I honestly didn't, until I read that, I honestly did not know that they practiced magic in the new. I didn't know that that was. I didn't know that part either. I knew there was like magical properties in there. I just didn't know that yeah. was how it was happening. Right. I, I didn't know that at all. So that's one thing that's um, new. My candle go bye bye. No, you're fine. My son is down here, guys, so don't come and see him in the background. Um, I'm alone. So, oh, you had some stuff that you wanted to talk to the people about before we got into terms and stuff like that. At this point, I don't remember what it was. It'll come to me eventually. <laughs> <laughs> I remember. said about it's not what you have always been told it is the thing that a lot of people confuse with Wicca is Satanism they're two totally different things they have a lot of the same ideas but they're not evil if that's what if, if that makes sense Right. It's more of like the worshiping of yourself and treating yourself as basically a which, god, which to which most is true because we all are god, gods and goddesses. Right. And uh, which is a lot which is yeah. when a lot of conservative Christians believe you're worshiping the devil because according yeah. to their texts the devil was basically a person who worshipped himself. So, the thing that pisses me off about Christianity but makes me love Wicca is the fact that there is a read and R-E-D-E and 
and the read basically says harm to none. So when we perform magic or when we do anything, we always make sure that it doesn't harm anyone, including ourselves. But in Christian texts, people are being stoned to death. Firstborn children are being sacrificed and killed. You know, right. there's animal sacrifices. There's a lot of blood and gore in the Bible. The Bible is one of the most horrific books out there. Right. But Wicca is nothing like that. Wicca is all about love and unity and and the helping and harming no one. You know, so there's a lot of misconceptions and I really think people should take the time to really get to know exactly what Wicca is before they prejudge right. it. And a lot of a lot of misconceptions can't speak. A lot of misconceptions are not even from people who were actually a part of it it's mostly from most if not all from people who specifically very conservative Christians that aren't very open minded to other things other than what they've been taught their whole lives or what whatever the case may be um it it's just very a lot of things aren't at all what ba- what you're being taught if you were if you were a part of a normal conservative christian church what you would have been taught is not at all how the dark side is is what a lot of Mm. I think that you definitely need to take matters into your own hands and go to your local occult shop and really get your hands on some good books. Um, Really, really get, don't get all your information from the internet because it's so heavily diluted. You know, definitely, um, and libraries have some really good books. You're gonna have to dig deep for them because they're not as out there as everything else. All, anything that's good for you is hidden. Right. And you have to dig deep. So from this mm-hmm. book, she has so ever lovingly left a glossary of terms. And I wanted to really just break down, like a lot of people have asked me what a book of shadows is. A lot of people don't know what it is, but they've heard of it from Charmed and other, like, witchy-type shows, and they see that it's like a spell book. Well, in a sense, a book of shadow is is a grimoire that you yourself write. You write down your witchy knowledge. It could be spells, it could be herbology, it could be whatever. Any kind of recipes, anything, it could have been... Uh, something that you learned about astrology. It could be whatever knowledge that you want to remember. Basically, a journal. And this is yours that you will go back to to do your magic from, that you create your own spell from. But more importantly, it's what you, you will pass down to in your generations to come. So, so that's what a book of shadows is, is, is what you make it. So 
you can't live off of a different family's book of shadows. You can't go to a store and find somebody's book of shadows and live off of there. Now, you can adapt from someone else's book of shadows, but a book of shadows is personal to each witch themselves and their family that they that will come after them. So I really wanted to break that down and get that misconception out of the way. And I also wanted to break down to what coming out of the room closet means. Because I never heard of that. And I know that a lot of people never heard of that. And simply put, that means you're living out openly as a witch. Simply put. You just said on the bottom there. So, is there anything that you had questions about that you wanted me to break down for you? Um, yes, but also I don't remember the exact terms for them. Well, do your best. Um, I'm trying to think, what is it? My nail popped off. <laughs> um, this time it was my middle finger. <laughs> Um, I honestly have nowhere to start with terms because a lot of them I was never shown or told and a lot of terms that are used in shows are like not really sure if they're real terms or if they're fictional TV show yeah. Okay, that's fine. Because guess what? We will have a ton more episodes. And in each episode, we'll learn more and more. So, soon, whatever it is that you're searching will be answered. Mm-hmm. It definitely will be. I can't believe we made it this far. We've been on here for 40 something minutes. Yeah, it's been a lot of me not knowing what to talk about too. So, but it's okay. It's okay. okay. I'm get I'm I'm getting used to this whole podcasting life. So it's gonna take me a minute to get used to talking to not myself. It's okay. The good thing is you have me. Is on my one podcast I do twice a week. It's just me. So it's hard to just come up with something while you're looking at yourself. So you have codes. So for our anchor listeners, our Twitch listeners, YouTube listeners, and our Facebook listeners, we will be doing this every Wednesday. The time is not set in stone. Time may vary. Yes, you just have to follow us and pay attention to that notification. Because time really just depends on when we can sit down. Right. Because we're both in college. <laughs> and yeah. I have children. So. <laughs> and, <laughs> and just with really our... Yeah. Oh, my bad. Um, and with our second upcoming podcast, that one will be more of a light-hearted... More, I'm not gonna say lighthearted. I mean, I, I wouldn't say yeah, I wouldn't say lighthearted. I would say more like yeah, I, would, I would say probably more par- more scary, more uh, things that keep you awake stories. at night type of stuff. The vibe. 
it's the very vibe. a lot of it's very spooky if you're very if you're into aliens conspiracy theories paranormal stories true talks paranormal of stories. unexplained disappearances yeah. situations 